What is good? Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy. Let's get right to the elephant in the room. Big news around the league since our last show. Not just Austin, but now LA disqualified from the postseason due to violations of league rules. They were going to be probably the one and two seeds, Banksy. Obviously, the uh, same ownership group, right? Uh, led by Adam Gilchrist. Huge news in the league. What does it mean? What's your reaction? Uh, there's two sides to it for me. I think the first thing for me is that uh, we absolutely should be trying to play, pay these players as much as is physically possible. And the current salary restrictions on the league need to grow. The other side of it is cheaters never win. And if you're a cheater and you're operating outside the rules, you're going to get what you deserve. And in this case, booted from the playoffs. So I think it's great accountability by the league uh, to, to hold all the teams to a level playing field because I think it's affected the competition. But the flip side of that is I think we're at a point now where the growth of the league and the attention that the league is getting in its fifth year has far surpassed what financially we're able to do for these players for putting their bodies on the line week after week. So it's huge news because it's changed the playoff picture. The futures of those franchises are in question. Austin has been up for sale for a minute, right? Um, so we'll break all that down. The West is totally different. And we'll talk about how close the Warriors actually got to the playoffs after all of this, I do want to mention up front that Utah did defeat both Austin and L.A. one time each this year. Okay, we're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. If you've got a question or comment, go ahead and fire it away. Uh, we'll try and get to those. Here's what's on the show. And by the way, this is our last weekly 45-minute version. We're going to go to every other week, about 20 to 25 minutes, starting uh, in about two weeks. So we'll recap the win at Dallas, a notable one to end the season. Danny Christensen, MLR Player of the Week, will join us to recap his triple try performance. We'll recap the last week in the league, plus the playoff picture, which is very different, as we mentioned. Monday night, we hosted the Team Awards Banquet, and uh, that was a ton of fun at the Loveland Aquarium. And we'll, we'll tell you the team voted awards. Uh, and Bailey Wilson, the captain, will put a bow on the season coming up at the end of the broadcast. But... Let's start with the Dallas uh, recap. So six minutes in, Utah decides they want a degree of difficulty. The Jackals score. Utah's down 5 nothing. They rip off 33 in a row, Banksy. We had to wait until the 35th minute for the first score, but felt like after that, the floodgates opened. I mean, it was 30 minutes of really scrappy, ugly rugby as both of these teams tried to feel out how this game was going to play out. I think Dallas did everything that they were physically able to do to slow the game down, but in the end, it was just too much Warriors and too much Danny Christensen for them to keep the floodgates at bay forever. So that's the first of his three tries, 35th minute. Danny Christensen scores. The conversion by Caleb Mockin ends up being the game winner. Just right there, 35th <laughs> minute. We didn't know it at the time. Boom goes the dynamite. Okay, they come out of the sheds, 53rd minute. Uh, DC Christensen scores another shot. try, this the time peel. the second of, Gets two of three. As we take go, go, go. The buildup for this try was great because at the half, we both mentioned on the radio broadcast that the Warriors just need to get back to playing simple phase rugby and that's how you exploit a team that's struggling the way dallas is and it was four five six phases and then mockany saw the defense over pursue took the inside line and then dc doing what a nine supposed to do and constantly trail the action and get involved where he can he's johnny on the spot for the dot so that's two and, and uh you know twice is nice but uh three is even better so we'll get to that in a second so off the restart Tyler Fisher scores a try. This is one of the best drives we saw all season. We saw some great ones. Check this one out as Utah scores right away and right here took the heart of the Jackals out. This game was over right here. I mean, you know, it took, completely took the wind out of everybody that wasn't in a red and black shirt in that stadium, at Choctaw Stadium. 
And it was a great run from Tommy Tuoval. You know, it's that rugby league run up off a deep kickoff. You just give it to the big man. And normally he just looks for contact and nobody stepped into his gap. So he just kept going. And Tyler Fisher said, oh, you want a foot race? I'll give you a foot race. Took the inside ball, clean as you were. And in 30 seconds, the Warriors have got a double. It was Mikey Teo and then Lord Farquhar passed it off to Tyler Fisher for the try, which was uh, fantastic. I know he was getting a hard time about his mullet on uh, Instagram, which he loves. Okay, 64th minute, uh-huh. 10 minutes later. It's 21 to 5. Paul Asike, you, you kept calling on the radio. You're like, Paul Asike is getting this ball. Well, he definitely got it. Great pass from Paul to set up DC for his third try. And the trio is the third time a Utah Warriors player scored three in a match. Mika Cruz had earlier one uh, this year against Dallas as well. You know, this was just a great try. You know what's coming when the Warriors are this close. That, you know, Paul Asike inside gap. There's five Dallas Jackals standing around Paul, and DC just comes in on a screamer. Can't believe he's about to get the hat trick. That was awesome. He hadn't scored all year, and then he got a trio, which is uh, which is pretty awesome. He's just passing teammates left and right in the try column. Was, and going the full pull for the 80 minutes, too. I Seriously. Mean, working the man of the match. There was no backup. You know, his replacement would have been Mikey Teo in that particular situation, but – you know, when you score three tries, it gives you a little bit of extra fuel in the tank. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, Colson Warner scored a try that they, you know, deemed obstruction. Colson Warner would have had the last try in the last couple minutes against Dallas both times. Oh, they called it off. But Joe Mono, of course, scores again. That's seven tries in seven games to lead the team. Joe was awesome this year, man. And what a play here. And they took a big, long look at this as well. And this was just great interplay between the forwards and the backs. It was the grubber through and Yuri Van Buren running onto it. So they first looked to see whether Yuri was onside and then they weren't sure whether they were going to give him the ball for what Dallas was calling for a forward pass. And that's maybe the easiest try that Joe Mono's had all season. <laughs> that's like uh, when I play pickup basketball and the guy isn't defending, he's just looking at, that's a two, not a three. He's just staring at your foot. It's like, how about you defend? So right. worrying about whether that pass was forward or not. Okay. Uh, so that was that was fun. They reviewed it. It's a score. It's 33 to 5. The final score, Utah wins. More on that in a second. Shout out to Elijah Hayes and uh, O.C. Nauer, who got their first caps. Uh, David Beach started for the first time. Uh, Colson Warner got in the game. It's been a minute since he'd been in. So we saw some new faces, and uh, it, w- it was a nice performance from the boys. You know, it was a, it was a full poll for sure to weather the ugliness that the first kind of 30, 35 minutes brought. You know, the Dallas Jackals were literally just tossing the ball around without any real shape, without any real structure. And the Warriors kind of fell into that pattern a little bit, which you do. But they were coming up quick on defense. They were uh, applying the leverage that they needed to. And eventually, once the pressure broke, it was all Warriors after that. So the boys did a great job for Dub Nation and closing out the season with a big win. Three out of five to end the year. And uh, it's only up from here. It felt good. Felt good to dominate, right? We hadn't uh, seen that, which we'll talk about right now. Five points allowed, by the way. Ties the fewest allowed in Warriors history at Houston last year. 28-point win, second largest in Warriors history to the first game with Dallas, which was a 47-point winner. Utah sweeps Dallas in the season series, and as you mentioned, win three of five to end the year. It was a nice way to end it. No, by the way, Choctaw Stadium is a rebranded stadium. That's the uh, stadium that the Texas Rangers played Major League Baseball in until three years ago. So that was a that was a massive, uh, massive location to play talking to some of the players Monday they said it was a really nice setup you know and it's a it's a top tier modern stadium you know being repurposed now for rugby but what it does give them there in Dallas is a great venue 
with a proper sized rugby field width and lengthwise, according to IRB rules. And that makes a difference in the kind of expansive open rugby that teams in the major league rugby competition love to play. So it's going to be a great venue. Dallas is going to get on track. They're going to overcome so many of the hurdles that most of these teams went through three, four, and five years ago. You know, so we're just watching some of those struggles play out a little clearer because the competition has got a head start right now. This is going to be a good Dallas Jackals team the next two, three years. Yeah, they've got some players, uh, certainly some injuries, obviously, uh, you know, when, when there was an off the field uh, collapse of kind of a staircase and guys got hurt, all of a sudden you're playing a lot of guys that are kind of twos and threes, if you will, around the league. But yeah, they scrapped hard. Let's, te- let's check out the stats. Uh, five tries to one in this one, uh, just the one conversion for Utah, but it was the game winner. Uh, no penalty goals needed. Tackles. Look at the tackle difference. That just tells you how much Utah had the ball, right? And uh, scrums, the, one of the top two teams in the league, the Utah Warriors, 16 for 16, baby. And a lot of that's the credit of, you know, when you have guys like Gus McClellan, Paul uh, Mullen, even Emerson Pryor, and, you know, we saw the quality with Elijah Hayes coming in and then coming back into the game after injury to close out, you know, the machine that is churning out front row players here in Utah is fantastic. So that stat doesn't surprise me at all with the scrums one. The tackle differential there is so telling of that first 30 minutes though, where it was played almost exclusively in Dallas's half, and they just had to make desperate tackle after desperate tackle after desperate tackle. On that note, by the way, uh, Captain Bailey Wilson, 201 tackles on the season puts him in the top 10 for the league uh, this year. Yeah. No, he finished uh, high in a couple of things, which we'll go over with him coming up. Okay, first 15 in the league, two Warriors repping. Danny Christensen at scrum half and outside center Tyler Fisher, well-deserved. I thought it was great that Tyler got the nod. Of course, scoring the try helps, but he directed that backline defense all game long with Tomasi Tonga playing uh, next to him and all of the shifting, changing pieces in a tough game that could be scrappy like that and get away from you. His direction and his leadership really held the back line together. So it's good to see him get the credit he deserves. Okay, our first guest of the evening is the MLR Player of the Week, Danny Christensen. Three tries, 10 carries, 89 meters run, eight tackles. You've been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Niall Saunders get the red, Zion going uh, at a commission as well. It was all D.C., and he made it happen, and we welcome him to Dub Nation. Danny, congratulations, first off, on the facial hair and the hair. And uh, also on the uh, MLR Player of the Week, man. What, what did that mean to you? Honestly, like, I feel like the last four or five days have just been this ongoing dream that I'm going to wake up from one of these days. But, like, <laughs> I, it just keeps getting better, and I don't know how, to be honest. <laughs> well, look, when you've played rugby with me, DC, there's <laughs> only one way to go, and that's up, okay? <laughs> Are you on banks? Come on. You know, we put, I put you through a couple gaps. I've seen some things that you can do. Hanging balls in the lane that I can run onto. Those are the fun ones that I like. Give me that a gap inside ball all day. DC, you know, daddy likes that kind of contact. Are you in fact auditioning for a reboot of the Muppet show in the off season with all of this going on? To be honest, I would love to. Um, I'm actually headed to a little, little vacation with Niall Saunders coincidentally in again. And, uh, we're going to – yes, yes. The honeymoon continues. Hey, we're going to first. Where are you going now? It's, <laughs> no, we're going to Bali, and uh, there's going to be a bunch of humidity. This, this hair is going to be bigger than it is now. Cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. 
Just use whatever Yuri uses on his hair. <laughs> Honestly, I've been trying to get his secrets for years, and he just keeps us so tight. Guys, it's it's not a secret. It's 20 weight 50 motor oil. <laughs> the only thing strong enough to keep that from not budging during a match the way it does. All right. That is that is amazing. Molly, that's gonna be sweet, man. The okay, bromance so, the MLR wants continues. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you, you go into this game knowing, okay, yes, Mikey Teo can back you up if you can't go the 80. But not only do you go the 80, you score three times. The ball can bounce your way some weeks. It doesn't others. This was one where it went your way three times. When you scored the first one, where you're like, oh, finally I scored one. And then you get another and then another, like DJ Khaled's just like in your head saying, another, another. <laughs> yeah, just, DJ Khaled was on repeat in my head. No, but sorry, my dog's got something to say. See, even your dog saying you the best. He's like, yeah, well done. Good. Another uh, one. But uh, but no, it was it was definitely a bit of a relief to uh, get that first one off my back. It's been there's been a couple this year. I've been like, man, I, I thought that I had this gap, didn't quite get it. Had an offload from Mika that just went right off my chest that broke my heart for <laughs> solid three weeks of my life. Um, so it was uh, it was good to uh, get one that what came through once that first one came once again the boys just kept putting me in space and just kept taking care of me real close to the try line and i was just the one who was lucky enough to finish it you know so scrappy moments through the first 35 uh obviously dallas gets the first try what's the mentality like on the field because the boys are absolutely hammering at dallas i think the only time they really got inside the 22 with any significance was when they scored and it took a couple of penalties in their favor to get there so how did you and the boys settle to get your first try? And then what was said at halftime as you guys came out? Because it was a different team in the second half when you guys rolled out. Yeah, I think I think that defense in general this season has been pretty dang solid. We've played some really good defense. Uh, we've had moments, of course, where we've broken down, but the defense was relatively solid. Um, and we gave them space on the edge, but we'd bend but not quite break. Um, and I think that it just took us a little while to get into this game for whatever reason. I think it was a little bit of, we're not going to playoffs this year. You know, things were a little bit different, a little bit more relaxed in training this week. It was our last week of the season. We're trying to enjoy our joy being with the boys. And I think that causes us to have a little bit of a slower start. Um, but after, you know, starting to see a little bit, a little bit of space, starting to get some face play together, having some, some big plays. And, and I think it really took, um, a couple guys like like Vili having carrying with intent a few times, really putting some guys on the ground. Took Mikey Teo off that twenty two that goal line dropout, just really putting a couple people down and spinning out of some tackles to give us a little bit of momentum that just gave us a little bit of space on the edge. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we do know how to play rugby, and it is a lot of fun when when uh, when we attack the space and we're more accurate than we than we were the first thirty five. So it uh, it just was a little bit of a wake up call. I'm just like, oh yeah, we we're, we're a damn good team. So uh, let's start playing like it, you know. We're talking to Danny Christensen here on Dub Nation, Major League Rugby Player of the Week. Uh, Matthew Collison on YouTube says, that stash, though. Tell us about the stash, because that, that thing is like, do you have, are you using oil and combs? Like, what's the deal? So, I COVID hit, and I decided to grow a beard for the first time. I'd never done it before, and I have not had... You weren't at BYU? What's your deal? I know, right? No, 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 no. no. Um, but so anyways, I've kind of always just had a beard last or two Novembers ago. I was playing select with Tommy and Tommy goes, you're doing mustache. You're, you're doing Movember with me. And I was like, okay, let's do it. 
did it. And I was like, I kind of liked it. Having like the, the mustache with the long hair, pulling it up, having a little bun. I was like, I kind of like this look a little bit. It's like, it's mustache may I'm going to do it. And I sent a message to the boys. I was like, Hey boys, I'm doing mustache may who's in with me. Crickets. I'd already shaved it. No one did it. With me. I was like, guys, come on. I was already committed at that point though. So I'm still rocking it. I mean, what is it? Week and a half into June and still got it. And I'm kind of liking it. So maybe you're going to take it with you to Bali on the, on the brony moon. Yeah, might might have to, you know. Now <laughs> wasn't a huge fan of it, so I don't know. Maybe he'll convince me to shave it. But so oh my gosh, it. come on! Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Derek Summers is going to give you a red card too, I guess. <laughs> Chances are good. Chances are good. Our season's <laughs> over. His authority is Get off the field. His authority is invalid for these Utah Warriors now. So. Let's talk about, you know, how close we got to the postseason. You know, both L.A. and Austin have been disqualified. We end up one spot out of the playoffs, 13 points behind the next team because we play it right. How did that feel for the boys in the locker room, ending the season three out of five, knowing that you could take it to the top teams in the league? I know there's frustration there, and I don't really want to go there, but it really feels like this team came together and came through the storm better than they were earlier in the season. Yeah, I think in one regard, it, it is just a heartbreaker. It's like, geez, how many games did we lose by three points? How many games did we lose by five points? That are just like, we could have turned two of those around. Ball bounces a different way a couple times. We're there. Um, and so in, in one regard, it does have a bit of like, a bit of bittersweet. Like, you know what? Like, should have done it, you know? Um, but in, in other regards, it, it took us a lot longer this year to get together. We ran into some issues, of course, with all kinds of stuff going on throughout the organization and just throughout the league in general um, that just took us a little while longer to bounce back than we would have liked. But I mean, come here at the end of the season, we were playing some really good rugby. We were beating some of the best teams in the league. I mean, Atlanta, Austin, LA, like we, we were playing some really, really good rugby. Um, so in one regard, it was, it was really rewarding because the boys really turned it around. We figured it out. We had some issues. We figured it out and we started playing really good rugby but in the other, in the other hand, it's it's tough. It's tough knowing that man, like, couple, like, two fewer mistakes in two games, and we're in the playoffs, which is a tough pill to swallow. I think, you know. Yeah, and uh, whenever I evaluate a college football season for BYU, I look at okay, one score games. If you can go, be north of five hundred in those, you got a good shot of having like a good year, right? Unfortunately, all seven games decided by seven or less were a loss. Um, if you won, you won by convincingly, right? And you mentioned those wins. 18-point win over ATL, 14-point over Austin. Obviously, the 28 over Dallas, by the way, is the second largest win. You guys figured it out down the stretch. So is there anything uh, that can carry into next year? Or is it too long of a gap to really have that momentum? Or is it, hey, we the guys that are still going to be here know what we need to do? It's a good question. Um, and I, my opinion is... Um, one thing that we've always had with the Warriors ever since I've been a part of the organization is outstanding culture amongst the boys. Um, and I think that as long as we keep the majority of the core guys together next year, and of course we're, we're going to have a new coach come in. We have no idea what that's going to, how that's going to affect things, how that's going to affect contracts, you know, who's going to be extended, who's not going to be extended. If we get the majority of the core guys back, I think it definitely is something we can build on. Um, we may run into a situation where we have a coach come in and say, Hey, no, we want to, you know, make some moves and clear some people out of here and get some new, some new blood in. And, and if that's the case, I think it is a little bit more difficult to build on the momentum that we've had. 
But um, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things where it, this season is a good example of it. It took us a little while, but the culture was always good amongst the boys. Um, and so I think that if, if we keep a lot of the core guys together, I think that we'll do great. You know, there will be people gone, there will be new faces and, and that's part of professional sports. But um, I, I do think that if we have the core guys back, we will be able to build on this momentum and, and we can come firing, you know, guns blazing right away at the beginning of the season next year. Okay, so as we look ahead to 2023, then let's not miss out on the final part of 2022, six teams left in it, playoff time. Who wins the ship this year, Danny Christensen? Who's your pick? So before all of this went down with the two disqualifications, I for sure would have said L.A. I think L.A. plays some outstanding rugby and they've got some outstanding players on the field. Um, now that that's happened, I think Seattle is is – in really, really good form, the way they played against LA last week, really, really impressive. Um, and then you, you just can't count out New England. I think that New England has put together an unreal season. You've got guys like Waka and others just playing unreal footy that, like, that's hard to stop. Um, so if I were if I were to throw one from the West and one from the East into the ring, I think I'd go. I think it's I think it's going to be a Seattle, New England, and. Uh, Seattle, once again, as we always know, is just one of those teams that they can show up and play some unreal rugby on any given day. Um, and we know they get up for championships, that's for sure. So um, those, those are probably the top two teams that I would say. As a Seahawks fan, I don't like the idea of Seattle and Boston, if you will. Uh, too soon. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Like, right. Here's the thing. Right. Seattle's never won a title without Ali Khalifi. How about that? Hey. <laughs> And you know what? Maybe we just keep that thing going. Maybe we just, uh, you know, Fine. maybe we just keep that going. Ollie Kleefe is the only guy that if he's not a part of the, the season. He controls it. And <laughs> and what what we don't need is another Boston title in any sport, okay? That's, that is, that also is true. Are you with me on that? We're I will. Of, we're sick of too much Boston. Too I will not disagree at all with that. 100%. <laughs> okay, you mentioned uh, going to Bali with Niall, which would be fun. Uh, what else is in your off season? That's a good question. Um, I'm actually really trying to find uh, some rugby to play. Um, had a few uh, conversations to head a few different places. No, nothing solidified yet, but uh, open just to, you know, be able to go play some rugby. I uh, quit my my job of seven years in sales at the beginning of this season to go full time into rugby. So uh, I'm going to give it everything I can for as long as for as long as I can. So I'm going to try and play some rugby in the off season and and uh, see where it takes me. Okay, I'm just putting this out there. If no one else picks you up, you're coming to Aspen with me in September, all right, bro? Absolutely. (laughs) If I I can't find somewhere to play overseas somewhere for a little while in the offseason, I I will definitely be wearing that that Paps Blue Ribbon Haggis jersey. That's for sure. Aspen, where the beer flows like wine. So, uh, yeah, that could be fun. Well, Danny, we appreciate the time, man. Best of luck uh, in the offseason, as we talked about, in your, in your travels and your pursuits. And uh, we appreciate it. Congrats on the great game against Dallas, man. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Always always a pleasure uh, chatting with you. Thanks for having You're me. You're the best, DC. Danny Christensen, Major League Rugby Player of the Week. And a guy, you think about it, Banksy, like when, when you put together a team in professional sports, you want to be too deep. Well, how about the Warriors being three deep at scrum half? Like – no l- lack of quality, whoever's in there. I mean, Danny Christensen would be a first or section op- second option on a lot of other teams. Yep. And he's one of those character guys in the locker room. He's a little older, 
than a lot of the rookies that have been in the league. He's played a lot of rugby at the club level. Like, you know, he's been playing for a while when he played with me and I've been retired for the last five years. So, um, you know, I still just... play with you. <laughs> Look, if I'm putting my boots on and DC's running nine, good things are going to happen at this point. He's just become such an incredible person and such an incredible player. He's the kind of guy you dream to have in your locker room. So a 33-5 to five win for Utah over Dallas. Let's look at the other scores from the other teams. In the final round of the regular season, ATL takes it to NOLA. New York defeated New England. That didn't really matter, though, because once ATL won, uh, you know, it was all New England won, ATL two. So New York at Atlanta, which we'll get to in a sec in the uh, playoff first round, that semifinal. Austin defeats Houston, and Will McGee calls it quits. He's not going to be with the U.S. this summer. I think we could have used him against Chile to try and qualify. Uh, going to miss him. D.C. beats Toronto. That was a bit of a surprise. And then Seattle, little do they know. So, so they need to win this game against L.A. to clinch or get two bonus points and don't lose by 26 or more. They just win outright, securing a playoff spot. And then suddenly... With LA's disqualification, they're hosting San Diego, which we'll break down in a second. It was a crazy round 18. Full credit to Riker and the boys there in Seattle. They've had a roller coaster season as well. So to go from, you know, fighting for a spot to now hosting the game, it's an incredible feat for that team and for that franchise. And Riker Hatting is my vote for MLR player of the year. Ooh, there you go. Uh, I was going to say, if it was, if LA was in, Billy Meeks had a shot at that. Would have been interesting, right? Of course, the you got to put Bodine Waka in that same kind of conversation. He's had an unbelievable uh, season as well. Yes, absolutely, from New England. Okay, so we look at the standings and break down the playoffs here. So you'll notice the two DQs at the bottom. Austin would have been the one seed in the end. LA would have been the two hosting Houston. But because those two are disqualified from the playoffs due to violations of team rules with the league houston is the one seed and they await the winner of seattle hosting san diego that is the west what do you think of those matchups now which are totally different from what we thought one week ago there is no way i would have ever foreseen this situation i mean houston goes from scraping into the playoffs and locking up a spot to being the number one seed with a buy to try and get healthy for a chance to fight for the ship unbelievable for the Houston Sabercats and uh, so many of their original players still on that roster. Just a crazy season they had last year. So absolute scenes if you're a Houston fan. And then it's the usual suspects out of the West, right? If we look through the first four seasons of MLR, it's Seattle and San Diego battling out in the playoffs. Here we go again, run it back. So how about about Houston just making its first playoff and then suddenly the one, like you said, like what? And then you look at Utah and it's like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Two bonus point wins away because of the DQs. Oh, that's torture. That's all it would have been. And uh, for Houston, I think their secret sauce are those City Edition jerseys. I think nice. they had the best City Edition jerseys in MLR this year. Uh, those were unbelievable. And if anybody wants to send me one in a 4X, uh, I'll DM you my address. <laughs> they really <laughs> did, right? Okay, let's check out the East. New England runs away with it, although it was just you know one bonus point win. Although... That last game, I'm not sure they, you know, fielded the full team. They'd lock up the one. Atlanta uh, by a by a hair over New York. Toronto was close uh, after that, but 15 points. I guess not that close. But so it was a three horse race in the East. But again, 
it is really tight. And Atlanta and New York have this thing where they play in the playoffs. I think this is the third year in a row. Third year in a row. And uh, rugby ATL has the edge in every single one of those matches. So you've, I mean, and they're hosting at home in the heat in the South. Uh, you know, I would give them the edge in that matchup again this year, but everybody in the East has been chasing new England all season long. This is no surprise. They've clearly been the form team in the East. So we'll see if we get an MLR champion for the first time out of the Eastern conference this year. Okay. This weekend, as you mentioned, the East looking to uh, secure a uh, championship, although it starts in the playoffs here. So ATL will host rugby, New Jersey, as you like to call them. Seattle will host San Diego. Houston awaits the winner in the West. New England awaits the winner in the East. And then the championship game coming up on June 25th on Fox, by the way, which is big time. That's pretty cool. So uh, who do you think will win the uh, Major League Rugby title this year? I think rugby ATL in a very familiar spot in the playoffs and playing really good rugby right now are dangerous. And I think not having the bye week to sit and wait will probably help them because they're playing on form rugby. So I would probably give them the nod over both uh, the Free Jacks and Rugby New Jersey uh, coming out of the East to make another MLR final. Out of the West, I kind of agree with DC. I think Seattle are a scary beast right now. They're big, they're physical, they're fast, and things are starting to click for them. So a lot of really good things coming out of Seattle right now. Not that I want to see them win a third championship ring because uh, that's really the rivalry that's become the games to watch in Major League Rugby between Utah and Seattle. But if you're going to lose, lose to the champs. And I'd love to see Seattle go all the way with some friends on that team. Yeah, I, I think an Eastern Conference team wins it. Uh, feels like ATL or New England would be the top uh, candidates. Hard to go against New England the way they've been playing. But like you mentioned, ATL is so physical. New England's got the physicality and the speed. They've been the toughest team to beat in the league. That The championship goes through New England, um, probably, right? If they yeah. win... They host uh, the MLR final. Um, and so, yeah, I'll go with New England as uh, my pick for the champ as well. Okay, it should be a, a fun uh, playoffs there. And then once the season's over, we look forward to the MLR draft. And then something cool is coming to uh, Utah. It's kind of like the senior bowl of uh, uh, for rugby. And it's the Collegiate Rugby Shield, which is going to be awesome. This is incredible because we still get more live rugby to figure out who's the next best thing in Major League Rugby, the Collegiate Rugby uh, Shield is an invitation uh, series of games that will be held here in Utah with athletes who are graduating from college who want to be seen by LMR, MLR coaches and scouts and probably teams from all over the world will be tuning in to pay attention to these guys to see what kind of quality continues to grow out of American rugby. So if you want to show up July 2nd, Zions Bank Stadium, see the next big stars of MLR take the field right here in Utah, the epicenter of all things rugby in America. And uh, we've got the call of that game on FS1. So we we got to stop dorking around. Uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's going to be a nice uh, showcase uh, for the Collegiate Rugby Shield, which will be a lot of fun. Okay, on Monday night, we hosted the uh, and emceed the end-of-year awards as voted by the players. Let's walk through what they handed out. It was, it was a fun time there, and we'll fly through these. Newcomer of the year, Caleb Mockany, well-deserved. Absolutely fantastic uh, leader on the field, backed up everything he did with his play, really came into his own in those final seven, eight, nine games. So completely uh, earned and deserved award for Caleb. Pathway player of the year, Tomasi Tonga, no doubter there. You know, it was going to be Tomasi, and really it's a, it's a very far shot to second place. He's just been unbelievable, played a ton of minutes, scored some great tries, and uh, has a bright future playing rugby. 
Gorilla Squad, a.k.a. Uh, bench player of the year, Mike Gieselman. Character guy, all class. Mikey G gets it done every single time, whether it's seven minutes at the end of a match or whether it's getting a start walking out of the tunnel at Zions Bank Stadium and running for 70 hard minutes. You know, Mikey G's always going to get 120% effort for his team. It's It was 119 one game, and we thought, wow, what happened today? Okay, forward of the year. Thomas Tuabau, he he had a tremendous season. He really did, and uh, to Thomas's credit, you know, they're really deep in that, you know, blindside, openside flanker spot, but when uh, Jamie Lane went down with that shoulder in, in injury, Tommy played lock in a, a position he's not used to playing a lot of and played really well for the Warriors and filling in there, so... You know, he did whatever it took for this team and for his boys to be able to perform at their best. And we saw in that game against uh, Dallas all the different things that he's physically capable of. So love to see more from Tommy Tuovao and great to see his other forwards recognize him for that award. Back of the year, no-brainer. Joe Mono had a fantastic year in only seven games. You want to talk about a guy that's come back from an ACL tear, long recovery in that, only plays for half the season and goes for a try a game in his return and didn't play a ton of minutes in a couple of those even. So great to see Joe back and healthy. And that's gotta be a red flag for the rest of the league to see a healthy Joe Mono running rampant on the outside for the Utah Warriors. Player of the year, the captain Bailey Wilson got the nod from his fellow teammates. Great to see from cap. And uh, you know, I think uh, general manager Brandon Sparks said it best when he introed and, you know, it's really easy to forget how young Bales is, you know, a guy that's not even 25 years old yet and still continues to step up for this team to be a leader physically, to be a leader emotionally, and to be voted on by his teammates to win player of the year, I think is just a testament to the man that he is. Big time stuff. Okay, a few non-player awards. Top producer award, Tom Schiff, who works in the office and uh, really helps with the sales. Six of the top seven attended games in Major League Rugby were from the Utah Warriors, baby. How about Tom Schiff going back to the 2002 Olympics with the uh, Apollo Anton Ono little soul patch down there <laughs> on the chin? A little, a little SOS pad stuck on the chin strap there, Tommy. Looking good, buddy. Congratulations. Our front office staff works as hard as any in the league, and Tom is one of the big spearheads for that effort. And the front, front office staff member of the year, Rob Nelson, who is a load of personality and curls. Rob is one of those guys that you just love to have around your team. He will do anything and help anywhere that's needed, sometimes doing the job of three or four guys on his own when we were short staff and undermanned. So, I mean, that picture kind of looks like a 13-year-old uh, junior high schooler that got her first perm. Uh, not really the best representation of how fantastic <laughs> his head of hair is. So, sorry about that, Rob. We'll do better on the picture for you next time, buddy. Did, we did Rob dirty? Shoot. <laughs> I think we did Rob a little dirty with that. I really do. That's not – that he's a much more handsome and well-coiffed man than that picture than that picture shows. He's a good-looking dude, that's for sure. Okay, heart of the warrior award, hardest work ethic on the field, training games, weight room. Saya Uhila, the column chief, he still got it. The dude, the dude, like a lot of people retire at his age, right? What is he like, thirty-five or something? Like he is still kicking hard. Saya Uhila has been playing rugby longer than about half the MLR has been alive and to still be playing at this level and getting better and making an impact. He was an absolute monster in the minutes that he played for the Utah Warriors and did it again through a, a year that he struggled with injuries with shoulder and leg injuries. So full credit to the chief. It was fantastic to see him get that nod from his teammates and still be the chief, be the senior leader on this team and the guy that everybody looks to. 
Yep, he dyed the beard blonde, and then it turned a little gray. They were calling him Gandalf that week. Okay, uh, the uh, Warriors Way Trophy, the player that embodies the Warriors' core values. Paul Mullen wins it. You want to talk about a guy that just is so universally beloved by this team and its fans. I think everybody that's come to Zions Bank Stadium probably has an interaction and a story to tell about Paul Mullins, and I would be surprised and shocked if there was a single negative one in any of them. He's always walking the sidelines. He's always saying hi. He's, he's the only thing bigger than he is physically is his personality. He's such a great dude and so much fun to be around. Uh, so the Warriors Way Trophy, fully deserved. Paul Mullen, we see you, buddy. Good job. Thank you for representing all of us. And he went hard on the uh, cowboy attire uh, going to Dallas, by the way. He led the As group. he should. Fully yeah, embrace sure. it. Come for on, sure. boy. It went to the Mariners-Rangers game where my Mariners came back in the ninth. That was awesome. I was like, you guys went to a great game. That was awesome. Okay, and the uh, last part of the presentation Monday was the retirement for Chad Goff. He got his jersey. Uh, it was it was emotional. The uh, He got a standing O from his teammates and everybody there. And as he should, you know, he's been such a leader on this team and played so many valuable minutes and has reached some of the highest highs that you can as an American playing rugby, not only for your country, but playing professionally here in America and helping establish this league. He was part of the quality and class that uh, the Utah Warriors forward pack has been known for, the physicality, the athleticism. And it was really uh, a treat to see how well-respected he is around the locker room with uh, all of his teammates. I think Calvin Whiting was the first one to jump up and, uh, and put his hands together when, uh, when Chad finally said his last goodbye. Yeah, and it was, it was great to have him score in his final home match at Zions Bank Stadium. Pretty awesome scene there in the red, white, and blue, uh, the Thunderbird jerseys. It was pretty cool. So uh, it, I, I'm glad he called it a couple weeks with a couple weeks to go. That way we could really cherish that. Um, some, some people don't, and that's their choice. All good, but I'm glad Chad did because it was a, a fun last couple of weeks to enjoy our time with Chad Goff. So that wraps up uh, the end of your awards. It was a fun time Monday, of course, at the aquarium. So behind us, uh, or whoever's speaking, are like sharks, fish, turtles. It's like the best venue to hold a banquet ever. It's so awesome. Such a great place to be and to be there with all the boys in a casual setting. You know, usually we see them going to and coming from training. Rarely do you ever just get to sit and hang out and talk with so many of these guys and get to know their families, you know. So my wife was there with the kids and we got to mingle with and meet some of the other wives and families. And it was just a great day walking around the aquarium, celebrating what was Utah Warriors rugby for 2022 and uh, saying goodbye to some guys and saying see you later to some others. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed for some, uh, some of that third group. Exactly. Okay, and 2022 is not over in that you can still get some gear here uh, coming up at Zions Bank Stadium before it goes. If you want it, go to shop.warriorsrugby.com. I mean, we do have the best-looking kit in MLR, and that is by a long shot. The close second is, of course, I said it before, the Houston Sabercats and their City Edition jerseys. But if you want to rock the four stripes, if you want to represent the culture and tradition that we have here in Utah, get your on- and off-the-field gear now at shop.warriorsrugby.com. Final guest of this weekly edition of Dub Nation. We go hard from about February through June, so this is a celebration of uh, you know good times this season. This is the captain, Bailey Wilson. We wouldn't want to end it with anybody else who now joins us on Dub Nation. And, Bailey, welcome to the program, man. Jaron, Banksy, thanks, guys. Excited to be good, here. Good to have you, man. Uh, I love the end of your banquet because I was talking about I love that, that the scene there was good food, good people. Uh, how did you enjoy the end of the year banquet? Yeah, it was, it was unreal. It was a great way to cap off the season. Yeah, it was unreal. 
So how are the legs? Uh, I'm looking at stats here, and I can't do the big maths on this, but somebody else did it for me. 1,275 minutes played this year. It's the third most in Major League Rugby. How are the legs, boy? How are you holding up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's been a long season, I'll tell you that much. Um, definitely excited to, to take some well-needed uh, well time off. But, yeah, um, legs aren't doing too bad, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, en enjoying the time off so far. Enjoy a little bit of time off. Matty won't have to get back on you too hard as you gear up for next year, boy. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully not. <laughs> okay, and then 201 tackles, uh, fifth in the league. What was your best tackle this year, in your opinion? Oh, it's, I, I definitely think it would be that one with uh, Tomasi Tonga. It was uh, against Houston at home. I think we tackled one of the guys and drove him back probably 15 meters. Ended up stripping the ball in the process and carrying for another few meters myself. So that was, that was probably the best one. Um, yeah, I'd say that one for sure. That would have been my pick as well because that was fun to watch because you both went in a high-low and then all of a sudden we're running the other way for another yeah. 20 meters. And, you know, <laughs> like where did – Bales absolutely picked his pocket on that. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Um, you won player of the year as voted by your teammates. It's one thing to be captain, which is a huge honor, of course. It's another to be voted the player of the year. What did that mean to uh, have your, your mates decide that? Oh, look, it was so special. I think there's so many people on the team that they could have picked. Um, we really have such a great team and, and to be picked as player of the year, was, it was amazing. And it's, uh, yeah, I'm just honored and, and really grateful for the team that we have and, and the support that they have in me. And yeah, I, I couldn't be, couldn't be more happy. So let's talk about uh, looking forward to next year as captain, you, you know what this team needs probably just as well as anybody with all the changes that have gone on this year, obviously losing tree uh, in the middle of the season was a big loss. What are some other holes that this team needs to fill to return to that form that we're used to seeing next year? Yeah, look, um, a couple of few positions. I think, yeah, some second rowers would be nice. Um, yeah, like injuries, you can't really plan for them. I think, obviously, a head coach would be very helpful. Um, Let's start with that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, probably a head coach would be would be the first thing. Um, look, other than that, I think it's just, uh, for me, it comes down to preseason, the work that we put in in the preseason how close we can get together, right? We, we heard Danny talking about the culture and how important that is. Uh, if we can get that culture sorted out, you know, from week one, week two, start building early on rather than waiting halfway through the season, I think that's the most important thing for me. Give us a sense during that, uh, I think it was a six-game losing streak, and, and they're really close margins here where it's like, ah. Give us a sense of how hard it was to stay positive, to wrangle the boys, and how you got out of that to finish with three or five wins, including notable wins, right, against uh, ATL and Austin. Yeah, look, it gets pretty hard. Honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you guys. It gets pretty hard after those six games. But look, I think to get out of it, we really just had to focus on the process and not the results. We were working hard um, for all six of those weeks, and, and it can get discouraging when you're not getting the results. So we really had to go back, take a step back, take a deep breath, um, refine our process, work on that, and just keep nailing those small little details and just keep working on those week after week. And, and we saw the benefits for the end of the season. You know, the last five weeks we got three wins, but, but that work started a lot earlier. So, yeah, it's just week after week working, you know, in and out. Hindsight being 2020, obviously we couldn't have foreseen some of the major changes within the organization. How big looking back? was getting Robbie Abel involved in this organization in his first coaching minutes 
for you personally and for this team? Because there really seems to be a pretty special connection on a coach player basis between all of you guys that had to fight so hard together through those really last nine weeks of the season. Yeah, our coach is unreal. Robbie's been phenomenal. He, he literally brought so much to this team. Um, Rugby-wise and culture-wise, he's, he's a man. Everyone loves being around him. Um, yeah, the coaches that we've got are amazing and I couldn't say enough great things about them. Um, when, when you look at uh, the playoffs now, LA and Austin disqualified. Wild news, right? Who, who do you have winning the MLR title now? What's your pick? Oh, yeah, I think I'd have to probably go with the Free Jacks. Um, obviously, they've been in form this whole season. This my brother's, brother? a, my brother's over another? there, so I back him to win it. Um, yeah, that's, that's my team now. What a homer call. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the uh, the international players that they have they've got a very uh, very good rugby IQ on their team, um, and they're, they're going to have hopefully have a home final. Uh, right. So I think yeah, I think they're my pick for sure. Yeah. And and when we look ahead to it, uh, kind of the off season, what's in store for you? You know, you got any fun uh, fun plans? Uh, you know, it's a minute before uh, January here. Yeah, look, um, just taking a bit of time off, relaxing. Um, I'm going to go work for a little bit. Uh, and then I'll actually head back to Australia for a month, go spend some time with my family back there. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been back. It's been since, I think, before COVID, so 2019. Um, oh, wow. So really excited to get back there and, and just see all the friends and family. Soak that in, uh, try to gain a bit more weight. Um, and, and yeah, hopefully come back into next season fit, stronger and, and healthy, ready to go. How much weight do you want to gain here? Uh, looking to gain about five kilos. Uh, so for that, it's about what? 12 pounds, I think. So it's, this, it's, it's doable. Not too many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches required in the middle of the night. You just, just straight weights and uh, protein powder. What are we talking about here? Oh yeah. Uh, Maddie's pretty much told me to eat anything and everything. So <laughs> anything really. You got donuts, the green light? donuts, milkshakes, peanut butter, jelly sandwiches, whatever. Oh, yeah. full send. That's, That's awesome, what I love man. to hear. Welcome yeah, to the so. rest of our world. I never, I never <laughs> once had a coach tell me that. They were always trying to put me on restricted diets. I'm like, yo, yeah. I'm a prop. What do you want me to be built like? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. You yeah. could lose 15 to 20 kgs and still be a pretty good prop. Yeah, but I'd have to give up chocolate cake and milkshakes. I don't want yeah, to do that, coach. Not worth it. <laughs> exactly. No, it's it's not a bad thing for sure. But yeah, when you play over a thousand minutes, it's uh, you have to eat that sub food to just keep the weight on. So you're just burning that many calories. You're just yeah. constantly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just trying to keep well, it on. <laughs> especially playing that open side flanker position. Let's, can we talk, I mean, we've kind of shouted out Maddie here a little bit. Yep. I know he's such a key role and kind of an unsung hero on that coaching staff. What does that offseason look like for you and for all of the other players staying accountable to your fitness? Because I know you guys want to come back hungry and ready to go come January as we look into the next season. How involved are you in communication with uh, with Matt on that strength and conditioning? How how does that work for you guys? Yeah, so uh, so we actually set goals today. So Matt and I sat down. We set some goals for the off season. Um, so we'll connect pretty much whenever, but um, it'll it'll be about every every two weeks or so. He's he's got a program for us though. Um, each person has their own program depending on what they need. Uh, mine's the uh, the Quadzilla program and just basically eat a lot. <laughs> Uh, the seafood diet, basically, if you will. Nice. Um, Putting out yeah, 5,000 so, calories a day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. Five to 6,000 almost. So, wow. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we'll connect. Yeah. Every, every two weeks or so um, just checking in on the goals. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, 
he, he's got a custom program for each one of us players, so it's it's good. I'm excited for it. Well, we appreciate the time, man. We're excited about uh, how you guys played at the end of the season. We know it was a tough one, uh, but you guys you guys uh, prevailed there at the end pretty nobly, and uh, we appreciate the time. Congrats on uh, all the good stuff, and good luck uh, eating all that food. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bailey Wilson, Cheers. the captain of the Utah Warriors. Always good to talk to Bales. Congratulations. Tim on any, uh, another fantastic season. So that'll do it for us. We're going to shift to every other week, about 20-ish minutes. Um, and that's what the show will be. So we've gone weekly from about fe- the beginning of February through now. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who's tuned in, who's listened, whether it's live on the uh, Utah Warriors social media or uh, the rebroadcast on ESPN 700 or different clips out there. Uh, we we want to shout out Billy Rathule and Mason Benson for all their help behind the scenes with graphics and video and uh, lining up guests and Hunter Miller and Kimball Care and Nick Benson, everyone associated with this entire organization. It's been fun because this is the fun part. We get to talk to the guys, get to know the team. We've had actually, shout out to Ashley Burge, who did a tremendous job this season uh, as a part of our team. We love her. Um, she, uh, hey, Banksy, you were doing this alternate broadcast, right? She, she ends up calling the ATL and the uh, the uh, Austin games. Just maybe she's the good luck we need. We need more Ashley, I think. Is, Look, uh, I think we all need more Ashley in our lives. She's a champion human being. Uh, I absolutely love and root for that kid. And uh, she's got a bright future ahead of her, both with this team as a coach and yeah. also as a broadcaster. You know, I, I tell people all the time I've got the best job in rugby because I get to give my opinion because somebody thinks it matters. And then they give me the best seat in the house to watch a game every week. So it's absolutely special to be part of this team, to be part of this club, to be part of this sport and to do it with some incredible people. I feel incredibly blessed. So thank you well, to everyone. Yeah. Thank you to everybody. I really enjoy working with you, Banksy and Ashley and everyone involved. This is awesome. Shout out to you, Dub Nation. Like when we show up at Zions Bank Stadium and we've got the call on a game, it's so exciting and fun because we know Utah's going to bring in this game. So uh, yeah. Led the league in MLR in attendance this year. Let's end on that, all right? When we say best fans in the league, we mean it, Dub Nation. Most attended club in MLR this year for home games. Let's keep that up. Get your 2023 season tickets now and be ready to rock and roll, all right? Call 801-477-7652. Get your 2022 gear. Get ready for the new fresh kit that's coming out. Make sure you got your season tickets available and in your pocket or on your phone or in your accounts, whatever you got to do to be at Zions Bank Stadium when we kick off the 2023 Major League Rugby season with your Utah Warriors. And look, in the offseason, there's plenty to discuss. We'll get you every other week, keep you updated. There's going to be the MLR draft. We've got the Collegiate Rugby Shield. There will be new signings. There will be a schedule. There will be new jerseys. I mean, There will be potential ownership changes with teams around the league. New head coach, like I buried the lead. There's all kinds of things. We'll still get you, just not week. Every other week, about 20 to 25 minutes, follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Don't forget to like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Our thanks to Danny Christensen and Bailey Wilson. Today's show was produced by Billy Rathule and Mason Benson. For Banksy, I am Jerem. Go Warriors.